Welcome to Room to Breathe, where you can inhale a spirit-filled thought that will inspire you to be at cause for positive actions and force you to exhale everything slowing you down from moving forward. When your back is up against the wall, remember to always create room to breathe. Hey, welcome back to Room to Breathe. I am your host, Minister Jesse Watson Jr. And we're here again another week right here on I Hear the Word Radio.com. Remember, we are creating an environment where we have to look at the space in our lives between our maximized potential and our limits. Understanding that breathing room could be the difference that provides the peace that we need to make it another day. And that's the space that we're creating uh, on this show. This week, we're looking at, man, don't make me tell you again. If I had to give it a title, man, don't make me tell you again. Uh, sometimes talking with my children, especially my youngest one, like, look, don't make me tell you again, man. You know, we, we've been there before with our parents. We've done something, got out of order, and they came and they told us what to do and how to do it. And then we go and start doing it again. They look at, look, don't make me, don't make me do it. Don't make me tell you again. And you understand everything that comes along with that. So we're looking at the book of Jonah. And that, that title is fitting. Uh, looking at the book of Jonah because of everything that happened with it. We're going to get a little animated probably. Um, and who knows what else. But let's let's kind of dive into it. You know, we've all heard the phrase, obedience is better than sacrifice. And it's true. And it's actually in the Bible. But oftentimes, we allow ourselves to get in the way of that truth. And we do. Now, that could be because of, we talked about it last week, jealousy or envy. Or it could be just pure hatred or, or anger, you know, that's inside of us. So now the trigger for this week is why do we get ourselves in a place where we have this blind anger, rage, this envy, this jealousy racing through us to the possible detriment of ourselves versus just really taking the time out to think that God could actually really be up to something. You know, that is possible. Now, I'm not saying that we have to get run over and be taken advantage of by people. I'm not saying that at all. However, many times there is more that we can do if we just get out of our own way. There's so much more that we can do if we just get out of our own way. And so we on this show, we talk about our exhale moment, what we need to get out of our inhale moment, what we need to take in. And this week, exhaling literally is just getting out of our own way. And what it looks like if we don't. Jonah paints a really good picture for that. And as far as inhaling, just recognizing how simple it really is to understand our plates and our position with God and recognize that he doesn't require much at all from us. But he will get done what he has assigned with or without us. That's going to happen. So now watch this. Disobedience will lead in my opinion, will lead to two things. Our demise in God's timing or deliverance. 
And our demise in God's time, it, it, we can go through some stuff and a series of things and feel a bunch of feelings and, and all of that. And we'll talk about it in a minute. I'm not saying like you're just going to automatically just drop and it's over. It could be a series of things that we go through because of disobedience or we can experience deliverance. But here's the truth. No matter what, we can't hide from God. And John is going to help us see that. He really is. So now we open up with Jonah. And like I said, we're going through the whole book. We open up with Jonah and God is having a conversation with Jonah. And he says, man, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. And watch this. <laughs> it says, but Jonah got up and went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Jonah got up and said, nope, I ain't going. So now let me give a, let me give a little backdrop real quick. Jonah, who is that? Jonah is the prophet. And by definition, you know, the prophet is a person regarded as an inspired teacher or a proclaimer of the will of God. So a, a prophet, his job is to wait on the assignment for God and to go deliver it. Go deliver the message to the people. Whatever God said, go and make that happen. And here you have the man of God saying, no, mm -mm, I ain't doing it. Don't want to. I ain't feeling it. As a matter of fact, I'm running. So let me drop this in real quick. And I'm just going to make it quick. It's going to sound a little controversial, what have you. Don't get yourself so caught up in the pastor, right? The man of God. Don't get yourself so caught up in the man of God. Some people have women pastors. Don't get yourself so caught up in the man of God that you miss God. <laughs> Make sure we're clear on that. Don't get yourself so caught up. right? Don't be so heavenly minded and caught up in the man of God that you know earthly good. Don't do that to yourself, to your family, or anybody else. Here you have a man of God who's showing human characteristics. And guess what? Most pastors, all pastors, are human. We have human characteristics. We have some bad days too. I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor. I understand. So don't get so caught up that you miss God because you're running behind, chasing behind the man. I, I just, I had to drop that because I just felt it, right? So now let's get back to it. He ran. What Jonah did was he said, look, I'm going to the port of Joppa. I'm getting ready to pay this fee to get on this boat. And I'm about to get out of here. I'm going to Tarshish. So now watch this. First, Nineveh was the city or the capital city of Assyria. And so they were known as ruthless and warlike people. And they were the enemies of Israel. So that's Jonah's issue. They were his enemies. That's what he knows them as. So Nineveh's destruction would have been considered a victory for Israel. So you think about that when Jonah's like, no, nah, I ain't going. Forget that. Now, here's another thing. Jonah probably wanted to see Nineveh's downfall to satisfy his own sense of justice for himself so he could be satisfied. Selfish ambitions, right? After all, Nineveh deserved God's judgment, in his opinion. They needed something to happen because he hated them that much. Not only that, this is another thing. God's withholding 
of judgment from Nineveh could have made Jonah's words appear illegitimate. And we'll get to that in a minute. But we're saying that because Jonah had predicted that the city would be destroyed. So he didn't want to look like a fool. Those were his thoughts. I don't want to look like a fool. And so Jonah says, look, I'm getting up out of here. I'm going to Tarshish. Now, here's the contrast between Nineveh and Tarshish. And that kind of vast, Nineveh was located east of the Tigris River, which is modern day Iraq. So it was a little more than 500 miles east of Jonah's hometown. It was 500 miles from where Jonah was. Now, Tarshish, in contrast, stood more than 2,500 miles away from Israel in the opposite direction of Nineveh. So 2,500 miles west of Nineveh. So it was the most remote destination available for Jonah. So Jonah was trying to put as much distance as he could between himself and the Assyrians. He didn't want to have to deal with them. So the crazy thing is, he said, look, God, I ain't going. And even more so, watch this. I'm getting ready to pay these. They said they were sailors, pagan sailors. I'm going to pay them to get on their boat so I can go to Tarshish and get as far away from here as possible. So now, watch this. This is what's crazy. He gets on the boat. And... Jonah has the nerve, the audacity, to get on this boat, go down in the bottom, and go to sleep. And so watch what happens. As he's on the boat in the bottom, sleeping, again, these pagan sailors, they above, they're doing their thing, they're doing their job. The Lord, it says, the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm to come. And the storm was so violent that it had the potential of breaking the ship in half, breaking it apart. So these sailors on the ship going crazy, like what in the world has happened? And how is this dude down here sleeping through all of this? The Bible says that they prayed and they cried out to their gods and nothing happened. So that's why they considered as pagans, right? They didn't say that they believed. In God. So they're crying out to their, their guys, nothing happened. The storm is acting a fool. And they realize that this dude, Jonah, is downstairs. He's down, not downstairs. He's down in the boat sleeping. And they're looking at him trying to figure out how in the world is this guy sleep. So what did they do? They began to cast lots because that was customary in their time to try to figure out one of y'all that messed up. It's got to be one of y'all. For this storm to come out of the blue, Somebody done messed up. And what happens is they cast lights and they realize it's on Jonah. Jonah is the reason for the season. He's the reason why they are dealing with this terrible storm. So they went down and they woke him up. And they asked him, they said, man, why has this awful storm come down on us? And who are you? And what is your line of work? They're trying to get down to the bottom of what country are you from? And what is your nationality? Now they have a bunch of questions, right? When before, they just took his money and let him go. So let me let me throw this out real quick before we get too deep into this. Sometimes your disobedience 
can get somebody else in the world in trouble. Sometimes your disobedience can get somebody caught up in something that they don't have any business being caught up in, no matter what their lifestyle, no matter what their life looks like. So we got to be careful and cautious of that. Now, the other side of that is, I ask you, who is the Jonah that's on your boat? I'm almost sure we've all have or have had a Jonah in our lives. Somebody that came in and created havoc. You know, the Bible says bad company corrupts good character. So we have to watch out with who we have around us. So who's the Jonah in your boat? Who's the Jonah in your phone? Who's the Jonah trying to slide in your DM? I say to you is find out who Jonah is and get Jonah out. Because that's what these men did. They said, you know what? We're going to have to figure out what we're going to do with you. Because this is not going to work. And so Jonah's idea was, hey, throw me off the boat. And that's what I'm saying to you. Find out who your Jonah is. And throw Jonah out the boat. Get rid of Jonah. Because Jonah's creating havoc that you didn't ask for. But as long as you're participating, as long as you're entertaining, guess what? Whatever comes along with Jonah, you get it as well. So these men, they begin to talk and they groan and all of that. And they say, man, we got to figure out what to do. And so watch this. They say, you know, we uh, we know who your God is because Jonah went ahead and told him. He said, man, I'm a Hebrew. You know, I'm a man of God. Uh, I know the God of heaven. And I know that he made the sea and the land. And it's crazy because here the Jew got on the boat, went to sleep, calling himself running from God. So you run into nowhere fast. There's no way for you to hide from God. And then you tell these people, yeah, I know who he is. Just kind of haphazard like it ain't no big deal. So these guys said, you know what? We can already pray to your God because we know him. We know what he's capable of. We, we've heard about him. He got a track record. And we heard him play. That's just really kind of, you know, my, my, my version of where they are. We heard that he don't play. We heard how he heals and how he he changes lives just miraculously. So we're praying to your God because we, we need repentance for what we're thinking and what we're about to do. So I said, they pray to God, to the Lord. That's what the Bible said. They pray to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, forgive us. We know what's going on. This is your God. But we're throwing him over. So please forgive us. He said that if we throw him over, then everything is going to stop. The sea is going to come. And guess what? They prayed, they threw them over. They got, they had repentance, right? They were delivered and the sea come. And now here's Jonah is thrown over into the water because he's asking to die. He still said, man, I'd rather die than go and serve God. I'd rather God die than go and do what God has asked me to do. I mean, just delusional. So now he's thrown over the boat and he's in the water. And so watch this. The Bible says that the Lord arranged for a great fish. We call it a well. He arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now, this is amazing to me. Because here it is. We have this great fish that's more obedient than Jonah. A fish. The great fish, the well, that's more obedient. God told the well where to be and what to do, what time to be there. And he showed up on time, right on time. I mean, Jonah is thrown over the boat into the water and swoop, 
here comes in the great fish. Swallow them whole. Now, here's the thing. In normal circumstances, he gets swallowed by the fish. You're thinking his detriment, demise, life is over, it's a wrap. But the Bible says that Jonah sat in the belly of the well. He sat inside the fish for three days and three nights. So here's the interesting thing. He had time to sit down and deal with the realization of what he had been through. And what he's done, right? He had time to, to deal with the realization of what was going on. And really figure out what in the world am I going to do? So he had to deal with the consequences of his sin and take the time to contemplate repentance. Wow. God gave him a rest period to contemplate what he's done instead of killing him. Because God is omnipotent all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere at the same time, God. You can't run from him. There's nowhere to go. And there's nothing that he doesn't know. And so he gave him an opportunity to pause and think about if he wanted to repent. We're talking about grace and mercy to the nth degree. And so now we find Jonah now praying to God. Asking for forgiveness, God, I know what you've been, I know what I've been through, I know what I've put you through. I understand where I am now, I understand what's going on. And he realized in the midst of him praying to God, that God now is putting him in a place to have another chance. One thing that he says to God is he says that I know that I need to worship you. And I know that, you know, there are those who worship false gods and turn their backs on all God's mercy. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs and praise. And watch this. And I will fulfill my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. He had a come to Jesus moment <laughs> really quick because he recognized who he was dealing with. Don't mean he was done. He recognized who he was dealing with. So in this moment, now Jonah understands deliverance. Because remember, I said your disobedience is going to lead either to your demise or to deliverance. And here we have deliverance for Jonah. God has given him another chance. So as he finished praying and said, God, forgive me. I know I did wrong. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. God said, okay, cool. Don't make me tell you again. This is, this is the moment. Don't make me tell you again. He's like, God, I got it. And so what God said, okay, cool. Here's another chance. Hey, fish, spit them out. Not just anywhere. Spit them out on the beach. He said, spit them out on the beach. And he did. And at that point, it says that this time, Jonah said, man, I'm going to obey. I got you. I understand what you're saying. So then watch this. Jonah goes to Nineveh. And this is all he said, eight words. He says, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. And that's all he said. So he went in and gave a piece of the message, not even the whole message, just a piece of it. Can you imagine going to church on Sunday and the preacher show up and just say, Jesus, well, amen, and y'all go home 
You're going to feel left. You're going to wait a minute. What do you mean? That's it. But that's what Jonah did. Jonah showed up and gave just those few words. But what is amazing to me is even in those few words, Jonah got to see God's power work through him, even though he didn't deem himself worthy enough of delivering the message. He didn't even want to deliver the message. But God got glory out of it anyway. So what I say to you is this. Submit to God and choose to be used, right? Because it can be more than you can imagine. And it can move the king to have a change of heart. Because as soon as he gave this message, even though it was short, they understood it. And the entire city, the king, everybody said, hey, the king stepped down off his throne, put on sackcloth. I mean, they went all out. We're going to repent. We're going to fast. Even the animals. They said, man, nobody can eat. Nobody can do anything. We need to turn this thing around because we don't want to deal with this destruction that's coming. We don't want to deal with it. So that's why I say submit because here's the thing. The Bible also says that the king's heart is in the master's hand. Now, the king could be anybody in your life. The king could be your boss. The king could be mom, dad, uncle, cousin. I mean, the king could be represent whomever that feels like they have some level of authority over you in your life and is leading down the wrong way. If we find ourselves being like Jonah and we just choose to, well, being like Jonah in this situation, we choose to just submit and be used by God, it could cause the king's heart to change because that's what happened for the Ninevites. The king's heart changed and everything flipped around. Everything turned around for the good. So watch this. They got to the point where they changed their garments. Like I said, they went into fasting. They wouldn't even allow the animals to eat. They said, man, we must turn from our evil ways and stop all the violence. Everything. We, we can use that right now. But that's what they said. And, and you never know. God may be wanting to use you to be the one that institute to cause that type of change. So don't miss it. But here's what happened. So now Jonah gets to the point to where he's upset again. I mean, his emotions are all over the place. He's at the point where he's upset again. And he said, man, this change of plans greatly got me upset. And so God is looking at him like, man, what's wrong with you? So Jonah had the nerve to complain to God. He said, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? Now he's getting ready to reveal why he didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place. He said, man, this is why I ran to Tarshish. This is why I ran 2,500 miles west instead of 500 miles east. I knew that you were merciful and compassionate, God. He said, I knew that you would be slow to anger and be filled with unfailing love. He said, I knew that you were eager to turn back from destroying these people. So he's upset because now they got saved. 
they they have a clear understanding of repentance and they chose to do it to save themselves to change save their city save everything and jonah is the man of god is upset about deliverance about repentance because he still can't get out of his own way he still has selfish ambitions and he can't see past it you can't allow yourself to get into a space where you have this cloud over you so thick so heavy that the storms in your mind and in your heart are raging so much that it's just so gray so dark that you can't see windshield wipers won't wipe it out you can't allow yourself to get to that space but this is where Jonah was he comes back again and say look just kill me now he said man I'd rather be dead than alive because this is not what I predicted what I predicted will not happen now so he's still caught up in self don't allow yourself to get in a position where you're so selfish, you're so caught up that you can't see and recognize when God is really up to something. Can you imagine most of the time God is up to something that's much bigger than you? But you have to be the conduit in which it flows through. But you can get to the point where you're so disobedient to where your eyes are so closed, to where your heart is so heavy, where you have so much blind rage, jealousy, whatever running through you, and you cannot be used. And God is just finding another way to make it happen. That's why you hear another part of the Bible say, the rocks will cry out. God will find a way. So now let's change. So Jonah's upset. He's like, look, just kill me again. And so God looked at him and said, man, is it right for you to be angry about this? And Jonah just threw a temper tantrum. He, he go running off again. He go as east, far east as he possibly can. Still in the city, but as far east as he possibly can. He goes and set up shelter and just wait. He just waiting to see now what's going to happen. It's like, man, I mean, you're not really saved them. They didn't accept it. They didn't repent it. Now you're not going to destroy the city. Man, I'm just going to sit over here and wait and see what's going to happen. Because at this point, I don't know what's going on. And so then watch this. God arranged. Here you go again. God provided grace and mercy. He arranged for a leafy plant. We just call it weed. But he, he arranged for a leafy plant to grow where Jonah was resting. Where Jonah was just sitting and waiting. And the Bible says that it soon spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. So now he was able to get some relief. He was able to, to, to get to a place where he can get some rest. God is still merciful. He's still providing. Even after all of this craziness, he still provides. Why? Because he loves us that much. And so this eases Jonah's discomfort. How many times have you been in a situation where you was in the midst of the storm, but God gave you a little peace. <laughs> he gave you a little joy in the midst of the storm and it eases your discomfort. You have to recognize when God has shown up in your life, when he's shown up in your situation and accept it for what it is and recognize when he's there, he's got a plan. So what does that mean? Man, press through. 
have perseverance, have lasting consistency to really get through this thing. And you will be okay. I can remember a time of disobedience for me. Back in college, I tried to make it quick. You know, I, I wanted to be fly. Probably my junior, no, my sophomore year of college. The young lady I was dating at the time, um, influenced her, talked about it. We talked through it and she bought some rims for my truck. So I already had my system. So I was like, man, I need to put a drop kit on my truck and that's going to be it. I'm, I'm going to be the man on campus. So I got the instructions. Hey, go to this place, spend this money. And they'll put the drop kit on and you good. I'm in school for electrical engineering. I'm deciding, man, I'm an engineer. I haven't even received the degree yet, but I decide I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm going to do it myself. So I get out in the parking lot. I jack the truck up. Watch this. Working on my engineering degree. Instead of using jack stands, I use jacks. You know, there's some Liberty Baby jacks that come with the vehicle. I have four of them. Jack the truck up took all of the tires off. So wheels exposed, everything exposed, right? And so I'm under the truck, putting the drive kit on, working on it, and then the jacks fall forward and the truck fall. <laughs> so now you have the wheel base because the tire's off. So you have all this metal that falls on my chest. So it's the truck me than the ground. So I'm laying there. I mean, feel like my life is flashing before my eyes. I know that this is it. I know it's over. And all I can think about is, oh my God, this is how I'm going to die in college in this parking lot. And so one of my friends, Eric Odom, I love him, my brother. Eric had so much adrenaline running through his body. He came and he lifted the truck up, pulled myself from under. He let the truck down. The truck landed on my right arm, my main arm. So now it struck my arm in the ground. I said, bro, I need you one more time to pick this truck up. And this adrenaline was still going crazy in his body. So he lifted the truck up again and I got my arm from underneath the truck. That wasn't enough of disobedience for me. I was in the marching song because I went to PV and I hadn't made drum major yet, but I was on my way. Uh, but I was playing my instrument. We was playing tears through the basketball game. So that's a huge game. So I decided to go and play in the game. I just had a truck fall on my chest. How crazy is that? Called my parents after me, took me to the hospital. Get to the hospital. And the doctors, they're doing their x-rays. Hey, what happened? I said, a truck fell on my chest. I was like, no, for real. What happened? For real. A truck fell on my chest. And so they're looking at me. They're like, man, this is crazy. Long story short. Leave the hospital. I have no cuts, no scrapes, no bruises, no broken bones. They just told me, hey, you have a regular heartbeat. I left there with a regular heartbeat. I went there because a truck fell on my chest and my arm and left out with a regular heartbeat. Man, God is amazing. And even in my disobedience, he still gave me grace. He still gave me mercy. He still gave me an opportunity, another chance to get it right. You have to recognize when God shows up and just choose to just flip the switch, recognize what he's doing and fall in line. But that was hard for Jonah to do. So he's sitting here being shaded by this tree, being shaded by this, this leaf. And then watch this. God arranges for a worm 
to come and the next morning the worm comes and eat the leaf up and now the shade that had eased his discomfort is now gone so guess what Jonah is Jonah is upset again and here it is you got a worm that's more obedient than him but Jonah is upset again and again he just said man death certainly is better than living like this <laughs> these are his words to God because he's so blind in his anger and his fury, his rage. He's blind with it and he just can't get past himself. He can't get over himself. And then watch this. God says to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? <laughs> and that's a legitimate question. The plant died and you upset. Is that right? And then again, Jonah's get more and more caught up in his anger and he just said look i just want to die I, i'm ready to go it's over i don't really even care anymore and then watch this this is what god says god says you feel sorry about the plant though you did nothing to put it there it came quickly and died quickly but nineveh has more than a hundred and twenty thousand people living spiritual darkness not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a city? Such a great city, is what he said. And so now knowing that, knowing that Jonah was the prophet called by God, meaning that he spent plenty of time with God, why is it when he get here, like we said, to the end of chapter four, we're left with God having to ask this question. Why can't Jonah feel the same way about the 120,000 people in Nineveh that he felt about the plant that was shading and covering him? Because he had so much rage, so much anger, so much hate built up in his heart that it blinded him. It absolutely blinded him. It's almost like here in chapter four, like it's a good end to a story or a season finale or something. It's, it's like a cliffhanger and we're waiting to see what's going to happen next. And the reality is, if we're not seeing or hearing about Jonah, we, we're not seeing or hearing about Jonah anymore past chapter four. So that's why I feel like it's a cliffhanger because he's gone. We don't hear anything else. So we're left here, right? Thinking what happened to Jonah? And the one thing that I would really put on the table is Jonah's purpose, as far as the Lord is concerned, has been served. He served his purpose. That's why I believe we don't hear or see anything about Jonah anymore, because the purpose that God had and the message that God was trying to give us had already served its purpose through Jonah's life. So we can conclude, in my opinion, that so, well, I guess the question, the question is, can we conclude did Jonah die after this? And we don't know because the Bible doesn't say. You know, can we conclude that Jonah felt better, got himself together and said, okay, God, you know what, you're right. Let me, let me, let me do what I need to do. You already gave me too many chances. But we don't know. Did he get on track and then really start getting it together? Again, we don't know. It's like a cliffhanger. So let me suggest this. What if, just what if for a second, the book of Jonah 
is left with that cliffhanger because, of course, the story of Jonah is symbolic of many of our lives, especially Christian, many of our Christian lives, where we find ourselves being selfish, being blinded with anger, hatred, rage with him. We in our feelings and we want things to go our way, even though we know right. We know right from wrong. We want things to go our way, but because certain things don't happen the way that we wanted them to happen, we stew in our feelings and act like we're mad at God, act like it's God's fault. What if that's the case? What if the end of Jonah is left for us to draw the understanding that we have to live out the conclusion of where Jonah left off because we oftentimes all find ourselves in the same place as Jonah was. So what if the end of chapter four is really just the beginning for us who say that we are in Christ? What if that's the case? What if this whole book was for us to read, understand it, and really kind of sit and look at ourselves in the mirror and really say to ourselves, man, how do I figure out how to get out of my own way? How do I recognize when things come up, when things happen in my life, they happen for a reason. God is up to something. Should God have to say to me over and over again that he's trying to do something, trying to work something out in and through our lives? That's something for us to sit back, think about, and really reflect on. When we look at everything that happened to Jonah and everything that happened in this story. So the thing that I say is for us to get to a place again where we can recognize how simple it is to understand our place and our position with God and recognize that he doesn't require much at all for us to give us an assignment go do the assignment and don't get so caught up in disobedience Because it's only going to lead to one or two things. Again, our demise or our deliverance. But we don't have to go through the hard times. And remember, you can't hide from God. There's no way for us to hide from God. So the next time you find yourself in a situation where disobedience has taken over, or you're so upset, so, so mad, so in your feelings, the next time you get to that place, what I suggest is just what we do here on the show. Create space to find room to breathe. I really think about what you're doing and what's going on so that you don't get yourself caught up in a situation that you don't want to be caught up in. Because God didn't have to extend grace to Jonah. He didn't have to extend mercy to Jonah as much as he did, but he did for a reason and for a purpose. And I honestly believe that that's for us to recognize how much he extends us grace and mercy. And we need to find ourselves understanding that we need to operate in that because the Bible also says he gives grace as he apportions it. Don't get yourself caught up on the bad side of that because we're so in our feelings, we can't really see what's going on. Don't be a Jonah. And if you got a Jonah in your life, it's time to throw Jonah off the boat. God bless.